Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to yet another episode of the KWUR Theater of the Air. My name is David Reinstrup. And I'm David Brunel Brutman. And welcome to our show today's theme. Something Fish. fishy. Something fishy. There's something fishy in KWUR. Yes. Introducing myself, David Reinstrom, and my other self, David Bruno Brutman. Together we are that pesky pair. What? Get it? Pesky? Of or having to deal with fish? Ah! Oh. Wasn't that an ichthy pun? Ah. Wasn't that ichthy? Oh, Get it? it David. Oh, 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 I'm two for two. Two for two before the theme music is over. Curse you. Let's see how many I can keep up. Let's not. You know, my father's an eye sturgeon. That's not, that's not even a pun. Oh. Come on. I'll try harder. Try harder. So today we're having some fish-themed programming for you. Are we? Yes. Is we? Yes. Caviar or caviar? No. Damn it. No. That was close, though. Okay, I'll do it again. Don't do it again. Well, I'll do, I'll do something better again later. <laughs> Hi, everybody. You're listening to KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. You can listen online at www.kwur.com. If you like, you can check out our podcast. Uh, you can go to our blog at uh, KWUR uh, yes. uh And you can also search for us on iTunes. You can do all of these you things. You can do all of those things. If you want to, too, you can call us at 314-935-5987. Today we're going to have a show about fish. It's going to be great. First up, yes. if you recall, um, I couldn't decide whether to, whether to say remember or recall. I like recall. Okay. If you recall, on the last installment of the K-Word Theater of the Air, we played part one of a radio adaptation of The Shadow Over Innsmouth, a terrifying H.P. Lovecraft story. It's true. Which is significantly fish-themed, as you will see in part two, which we're playing for you today. Now, in fact. Yes. Right this very instant. I was trying to think of more horrible fish puns. There will be more of those upcoming in this show. But for now. Oh, God, no. But for now, we return you to Zadok Allen. Tales of intrigue, adventure, and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. Dark Adventure Radio Theater with your host, Chester Langfield. Today's episode, H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth. A young man's journey takes him to a dilapidated seafront town rife with deformed characters and ungodly secrets. Can he escape the terrifying town with his life? Or will the sinister residents of Innsmouth and their hellish allies drag him down to a horrid fate beneath the waves? But first, a word from our sponsor. 
You know, folks, whenever I feel glum or weary after a long day in the studio, I get my energy back by lighting up a fleur-de-lis cigarette. The road to pleasure is thronged with smokers who have discovered the superior fragrance and mellow mildness of fleur-de-lis. You'll enjoy their pleasing, energizing effect, and they never get on your nerves. Fleur-de-lis. Smoke as many as you want. And now, Dark Adventure Radio Theater presents H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Hey, uh, mister! May I help you? My rheumatism's acting up. Perchance could ye spare a nip for my health? Oh, be my guest. Robert Olmsted. Zadok Allen, young squire. He followed me along the rotted wharves. Piles of moss-covered stones near the water promised tolerable seats, and the scene was sheltered from all possible view by a ruined warehouse on the north. Here, I thought, was the ideal place for a long, secret colloquy. The air of death and desertion was ghoulish, and the smell of fish almost insufferable, but I was resolved to let nothing deter me. If they tell me you know quite a lot about Innsmouth, yeah. they say... You know about Innsmouth and its secrets. Can't say nothing. Lost my reputation. Immortal, just a bit. What? Do you think you can spare another taste? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, mind if I eat? Mm. There's more things in your dream and your philosophy. I've always said that if there's one thing a man must be, it's given as best as I endured nearly two hours of evasive gibberish, and I was on the verge of leaving him when I saw him fix his eyes on the low, distant line of Devil Reef. Devil Reef is the name for it. Wait, wait, wait what, 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 what did you say about the Reef? That's where it all began. That cursed place of all wickedness, where the deep water starts. Gate of hell, sheer drop down to a bottom no sound in line can take. No old Captain Obed done it. <laughs> him that found it out more than was good for him in the South Sea Islands. Well, what did he find? Everybody was in a bad way them days. Trade falling off, mills losing business. Best of our men folk killed privateering in the war of 1812. Obed was the only one that kept on with the East Indies and Pacific trades. <laughs> Never was nobody like Captain Obert. Old limb of Satan. He'd tell about foreign parts and call folks stupid for going to Christian meetings. Says they ought to get better guards. Ones that in return for sacrifices would really answer folks' prayers. Told about an island where there was old stone ruins with carvings of faces that looked like the big statues on Easter Island. There was a little volcanic island near there with other ruins and different carvings. Ruins all worn away where they'd been under the sea once. And with pictures of awful monsters all over them. Monsters? <laughs> he says the natives around there had all the fish they could catch and, and spotted bracelets and armlets and head rings made a, out of a queer kind of gold and covered with pictures of monsters. Just like the ones carved over the ruins on the little island. Sort of fish-like frogs or frog-like fishes that was drawed in all kinds of positions like they was human. 
Nobody could get out of them where they got all that stuff. And all the other natives wondered how they managed to find fish aplenty when they weren't known elsewhere abouts. Obed wormed the story out of the heathen chief. Wallachia, they called him. Nobody but Ovid ever believed the old yellow devil. But the captain could read folk just like they was books. Nobody believes me now when I tell him. And I don't suppose you will. Oh, come to look at ye. Kind of got them sharp reading eyes like Obed had. What did the chief tell him? Those Kanakis were sacrificing heaps of their young men and maidens to some kind of god things that lived under the sea and getting all kinds of favor in return. They met the things on the little island with the queer runes, and it seems them awful pictures of frog-fish monsters were supposed to be pictures of these things. They had all kinds of cities on the sea bottom, and this island was heaved up from there. Seemed there was some of them things alive in the stone buildings when the island come sudden to the surface. That's how the Kanakis got wind they was down there. Made sign talk as soon as they got over being scared and pieced up a bargain before long. Them things liked human sacrifices. Now, what they done with the victims ain't for me to say, but it was all right with the heathens, because they'd been having a hard time and was desperate about everything. They give a certain number of their young folk to the sea things twice every year, regular as could be. Also gave a, a carved knick-knacks they made, and the things agreed to give in return was plenty of fish. They drug them from all over the sea and a few gold things now and then. The natives met the things on the little volcanic islet, going there in canoes with the sacrifices, etc., and bringing back any of the gold-like jewels as was coming to them. At first, the things didn't never go on to the main island, but after time, they come to want to. Seems they hankered after mixing with the folks and having ceremonies on the big days, May Eve and Halloween. You see, they was able to live both in and out of the water. Now, the Kanakis told them how folks from other islands might want to wipe them out if they got wind of their being there. But they says they don't care much because they could wipe out the whole brood of humans. When it come to mating with them toad-looking fishes, the Kanakis kind of barked. But finally, they learned something has put a new face on the matter. Seems that human folks has got a kind of relation to such water beasts. That everything alive come out of the water once and only needs a little change to go back again. Them things told the Kanakis that if they mixed bloods, they'd be children as would look human at first, but later turn more and more like the things till finally they take to the water and join the main lot of things down there. Good God. And this is the important part, young fella. Them as turned into fish things and went into the water wouldn't never die. Them things never die except they was killed violent. Now, them islanders, they was all full of fish blood from the deep water things. When they got old and begun to show it, they was kept hid until they felt like taken to the water. Them as was born more like the things changed early, but them as was nearly human sometimes stayed on the island till they was past 70. Folks as had took to the water generally come back a good deal to visit, so a man would often be talking to his own five times great grandfather who left the dry land a couple of hundred years or so before. Well, everybody got out of the idea of dying and simply looked forward to kind of change that wasn't a bit horrible after a while. They thought what they'd got was well worth all they had to give up, and I guess Obed kind of come to the, think the same himself. 
Malachia, he showed Obed a lot of the rites and incantations as had to do with the sea things, and let him see some of the folks in the village as had changed a lot from human shape. But he never would let him see one of the regular things from right out of the water. In the end, he gave him a funny kind of thigamajig made out of lead or something that he said would bring up the fish things from any place in the water where there might be a nest of them. The idea was to drop it down with the right kind of prayers and such. Wallachia allowed as things were scattered all over the world, so anybody that looked about could find a nest of them and bring them up if they wanted. Now, Matt Elliott, Captain Orbit's first mate, was against folks doing heathen things. He didn't like this business at all, and he wondered Orbit should keep away from the island, but the captain was sharp for game and found that he could get them gold things so cheap it would pay him to make a specialty of them. Well, come about 38, when I was seven year old, Orbit found the island people all wiped out between voyages. Seems the other islanders got wind of what was going on and had took matters into their own hands. Suppose they must have had them magic signs, as the sea thing says, was the only things they was afeard of. <laughs> Pious cusses these was. They didn't leave nothing standing on either the main island or the little volcanic island, except what parts of the ruins was too big to knock down. Folks all wiped out, no tracer, no gold-like things, and none of the nearby Kanakis would breathe a word about the matter. Wouldn't even admit there ever had been people on that island. And that naturally hit Obit pretty hard, seeing as his normal trade was doing very poor. It hit the whole of Innsmouth, too, because in seafaring days, what profited the master of a ship generally profited the crew proportionate. Oh, but he began a cursing at the folks for being dull sheep and praying to a Christian heaven as didn't help them none. He told them he knowed of folks as prayed to gods that gave something you really need and says if a good bunch of men would stand with him, he could maybe get a hold of certain powers that could bring plenty of fish and quite a bit of gold. Of course, the sailors that seed the island knowed what he meant and wasn't none too anxious to get close to see things like they heard tell on. But them as didn't know what it was all about got kind of swayed by what Obed had to say and began to ask him what he could do to set them on the way to a faith that would bring him results. Sadak? Man, must be. Hey, what's the matter? Do you, do you see something out there? Mixed with them, I don't know. Do you. Yeah, want, want some more? Why don't you finish the bottle? <laughs> Poor Mac Tried to line up the folks on his side Had long talks with the preachers No use They run the congregational parson out of town The Methodist fella quit Never did see resolve Babcock the Baptist parson again Wrath of Jehovah I was a little critter but I heard what I heard And I seen what I seen Dagon and Astrith, Belial and Balzabub Golden calf and the idols of Canaan and the Philistines Babylonish abominations, many, 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 tickle you farce. Say, Zadok, let, let me have the bottle. I think maybe you've had enough. Don't believe me, eh? Then tell me why Captain Obed and 20-odd other folks used to row out the Devil Reef in the dead of night and chant things so loud you could hear them all over town. Tell me that, eh? And tell me why Obed was always dropping heavy things down into the deep water the other side of the reef. Tell me what he'd done with that funny-shaped lead thigamajig as Hulakia gave him, eh, boy? And what did they all howl on May Eve and again on the next Halloween? And why the new church parsons, fellows that used to be sailors, wear them queer robes and cover themselves in gold things, Obedbrung, eh? I, I, I don't know. Beginning <laughs> to see, eh? Maybe you like that have been me in them days when I seen things at night out at sea. Oh, I 
I can tell ye I wasn't missing nothing of what was gossiped about Captain Oban and the folks out there on the reef. How about the night I took my pa's ship glass up to the Coppola and see the reef bristling thick with shapes that dove off quick soon as the moons rise? What shapes? Oban and the folks was in the dory, but them shapes dove off the far end into the deep water and never come up. How'd you like to be a little shaver all alone or watching shapes that wasn't human shapes? I suppose one night you see something heavy heaved off of Hobart's dory beyond the reef. And then learn the next day a young fella was missing from home. Eh? Did anybody ever see hide in the hair of Hiram Gillum, huh? Did they? And Nick Pierce? Luli White? Madonnarum Southwick and Henry Garrison? Hey? <laughs> Shapes talk in sign language with their hands. <laughs> Them that ha- has had real hands. Wait, you think he was... That was a time Obed begun to get on his feet again. Folks see his three daughters are wearing gold-like things as nobody's never seen on them before. And smoke started coming out of the refinery chimney. Fish began to swarm into the harbor fit to kill. So it was just like what the Kanakis had done. I don't think Obed aimed at first to do no mixing, nor raise no young'uns to take to the water and turn into fishes. He wanted them gold things and was willing to pay heavy. And I guess the others were satisfied for a while. In 46, the town done some looking and thinking for itself. Too many folks missing, too much wild preaching at meetings of a Sunday, too much talk about the reef. There was a party one night as followed Obed's crowd out to the reef. and I heard shots betwixt the dories. Next day, Obed and 32 others was in jail, with everybody wondering just what was afoot and just what charge against them could be got hold of. God, if anybody looked ahead a couple of weeks later, when nothing had been thrown into the sea for that long. What happened? That awful night. I seen them. Hordes of them, swarms of them, all over the reef, swimming up the harbor into the Minoxid. God, what happened in the streets of Innsmouth that night? They rattled our door, but Pa wouldn't open, and he climbed out the kitchen window with his musket to see what he could do. Mounds of the dead and dying, shots and screams, shouting in Old Square and Town Square and New Church Green, jails thrown open, proclamation, treason, called it the plague when folks come in and found half our people missing. Nobody left except them as would join in with Obert and them things, or else keep quiet. Never heard of my pa no more. So there was no plague. They just called it that. Everything cleaned up in the morning, but there were traces. Nobody kinda takes charge and says things is going to be changed. Others is gonna worship with us at meeting time, and certain houses have got to entertain guests. They wanted to mix like they done with the Kanakis, and he for one didn't feel bound to stop them. He says they bring us fish and treasure and should have what they hankered after. We'd gone mad. Far gone. Said nothing was to be different on the outside, only we was to keep shy of strangers if we knew what was good for us. We all had to take the oath of Dagon. Later on, there was a second and third oaths for some of us. Them as it would help special would get special rewards, gold and such. No use barking, for there was millions of them down there. They'd rather not start rising, wiping out humankind, but if they was gave away and forced to, they could just do that. We didn't have them charms to cut them off like folks in the South Sea did. Yield enough sacrifices and savage knickknacks and harborage in town when they wanted it and they'd let well enough alone. Wouldn't bother no strangers as might bear tales outside. That is, without they got prying. 
all in the band of the faithful Order Odagon, and the children should never die, but go back to the Mother Hydra and Father Dagon, what we all come from once. Ia, Ia, Finglui, Migwinov, Cthulhu, Rayleigh, Waganagel, Fatagan. These are real, Sadak. These are just stories, legends. I was there. God, what I seen since I was 15 year old. Many, many Tigalele, you fasten. The folks as was missing and them as, as killed themselves. Them as tried to tell the outsiders was all called crazy. But God, what I seen. It'd have killed me long ago for what I know. I took the first and second oaths of Dagon off of Hobart, so I was protected. But I wouldn't take the third oath. I'd die rather than take the third oath. What was the third oath? Around Civil War time, when children born since 46 begun to grow up, some of them, that is, I was afeard. Never did no prying after that awful night. And never seen one of them close up in all my life. That is, never no full-blooded one. I went to the war. If I had any guts or sense, I'd have never come back. I'd settled away far from here. After the war, it was just as bad again. People begun to fall off, mills and shops shut down, shipping stopped and the harbor choked up, railroad gave up, but they, they never stopped swimming in and out of the river from the cursed reef of sea. And more and more attic windows got aborted up, and more and more noises were heard in houses that wasn't supposed to have nobody in them. In 46, Captain Obit took a second wife, had three children by her. Two has disappeared young, but one gal has looked like anybody else who was educated in Europe. Obit finally got her married off by a trick to an Arkham fella, as didn't suspect nothing. Barnabas Marsh, that runs the refinery now, is Obit's grandson by his first wife. Yeah, Barnabas is about changed. Can't shut his eyes no more, and he's all out of shape. They say he still wears clothes, but he'll take to the water soon. Maybe he's tried it already. They do sometimes go down for little spells before they go down for good. Ain't been seed about in public for nigh on ten years. God knows. What is it? Zadok, do you see something out there? Zadok, what is it? Hey, let go of my coat. Hey, you. How'd you like to be living in a town like this? With everything a rotten and a dying, boarded up, monsters crawling and bleeding and barking and hopping around black cellars and attics everywhere you turn, hey? How'd you like to hear the howling night after night from the churches and the order of Dagon Hall and know what's doing part of the howling? How'd you like to hear what comes from that awful reef every May Eve and hollow mass, hey? Think the old man's crazy, hey? Well, sir, let me tell you, that ain't the worst. Seda, stop. Please. Curse ye! Who'd sit there staring at me with them eyes? I say, Obed Marsh, he's in hell. And he's got to stay there in hell, I says. Can't get me. He ain't done nothing. I told nobody Let go of me. You just sit still and listen to me, boy. This is what I ain't never told nobody. I says I didn't get to do no prying after that night, but I found things about just the same. You want to know what the real horror here is, eh? Well, it's this. It ain't what them fish devils have done, but what they're going to do. They're bringing things up out of where they come from, into the town. Been doing it for years, and slackening up lately. Them houses north of the river betwixt water and Main Street is full of them. Full of them devils and what they brung. And when they get ready, I say, when they get... You ever hear tell of a shocketh? Hey, do you, do, you, do you hear me? I tell you, I know what them things be. 
I, I, I seen him one night. What? What is it? Did you see something? Get, 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 get out of here! They seen us. Get out for your life! Don't wait for nothing. They know now. Run for it! Quick! Get out of this town! Sadak! You're listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. We'll be right back after this short musical break. Yeah! Both you and me, river, sea, ocean, moving on so far away and dreaming. Quality sea makes it to ocean. election in St. Louis County is an important one for the St. Louis region. Proposition A, which proposes a one-half of one percent sales tax increase to restore operation of the Metrobus, Metrolink, and Colloride transit services throughout the metro area, is on the ballot. Transit gives us access to the St. Louis community, supports the economic growth of our region, and produces a vibrant community. Washington University and Chancellor Wrighton have strongly endorsed this initiative, and we want you to vote on this issue that is so important for students. If you are a resident of St. Louis County and you have moved within the county since you registered, please change your address as soon as possible. For more information, contact wu.propa at gmail.com. This message has been brought to you by WashU students for Proposition A. You're listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. Clayton. And uh, you just heard a public service announcement, but before that, you heard another public service announcement um, called the the uh, the Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is about the dangers of reefer. 
Oh, I, I you see, I you forgot see? you were going to say that. I was going to say that joke about reefer because I, I thought you were going to say it was a public service announcement about the dangers of interbreeding with horrible fishmen from the deep, who are older than time itself. Yeah, yeah, Cthulhu talking really early. Yes, like, yeah. like that. Have you ever seen a Shoggoth boy? Have you ever seen a Shoggoth, David? I've never seen a Shoggoth. Do you remember that time that there was like the the horrible eye of Nyarlathotep that was poking in through the uh, the station window? Oh yeah, that was a good time. That was the HP Lovecraft uh, Lovecraft episode. Yes, actually, yes, it was. Anyway, why was Zadok Allen screaming? What was he screaming at? That's a good question. It, it was just the horror. The ah! horror. He was the like, horror of the whole situation run, overcame boy. him. Ah! Ah! I'm just going to yell every time you leave the apartment from now on. And you're like, hi, okay, Dave, I'm going to class. I'll be like, okay, David, have fun. Ah! <laughs> and, you'll be, and you'll scream, David! I'll say, I'm fine, I'm just screaming. <laughs> that That's going to slowly but surely replace goodbye in the English language over the what? course of the next 50 years. What? Ah! Just screaming. <laughs> You'll, oh, you, you, you look out for that, listeners. Look out for that on uh, on television. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's coming. Screaming instead of goodbye. It, it'll be great. Well, we have screaming instead of debate right now. Editorializing, editorializing. Good, good one. That was really clever. Democrats have 218 votes as of this moment. As of this moment. This is the fish-themed episode of yes. the Theater of the Air. Healthcare for fish is an important consideration to be made. Do fish? Uh, I, I believe that the that the the percentage of fish in this country who are insured is a very small percentage yes, of the total low. fish population. I think that's a problem. Yes, I think something needs to be done about it, uh, preferably with uh, military-grade explosives. I don't see how that that doesn't make sense. You ever got fishing with dynamite, boy? <laughs> oh, we never explained what, the, what a shoggoth was. Shoggoth is a horrible Lovecraft creature. It's like like fifteen feet tall, made of tar, um, basically, and it's got like a thousand eyes. And if it touches you, if you see one, first of all, you go crazy. And if it touches you, it like picks you up and rends you into a thousand tiny little bloody pieces, or it'll eat you. They're they're effing terrifying. That sounds awesome. I, I mean, it's like probably the worst in, way to die in the Lovecraft in universe. the in the classical sense of the word awesome, like awe, awe inspiring. Yes, like someone's looking on, like holy crap, the awesome mites. That guy just got eaten by a shoggoth. Yes, I'm gonna go write an epic poem about it now. And then he goes crazy. And then he goes crazy. That's and then much anyone that reads that poem goes crazy. Um. That's good, actually. Why? Why isn't that a story? I bet it is. No, I, I guess that's like. Um, wait, is that what happens huh. in the ring? I've never seen the ring. No, you watch the video and you die. You that's watch the video the ring, and you die. Right? That's what happens in that. I haven't seen it. I don't. I haven't know. seen it either. But I know that you watch the video and the creepy girl crawls out of the the television and kills you. So okay, let's do. We'll we'll do a uh, an adaptation of the ring that takes place in. Um, let's say, uh, let's say Victorian England and... Victorian England? Not like 19, 19 teens Massachusetts? Fine. It can be 19 teens Massachusetts. Okay. That would make me happier. And instead of coming out of the television, a girl comes out of a poem. 
and kills you. <laughs> so this episode is not really about about people that write poems about fish and then go crazy. It's just about people. It's just about fish and people people living with fish. Yes, and and the care and protection of fish. Right, and fish who might protect you from uh, enemies in video games. Yes, for example, like a floating puffer fish avatar. For example, for example, like Puffu in this next sketch. This is an oldie but a goodie. This is uh, Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2, Sailor Opportunity. We hope you enjoy. Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2, Sailor Opportunity. Press start to begin. Wow, I can't believe we defeated the Monkey Ninja Super Boss in the Moravian Mines. Thanks for your help, Puffu. No worries, Squink. I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, Puffu, you're the best pufferfish sprite ever. Well, you're the best boy companion adventurer ever. So where are we going now? As soon as we get off this boat, we'll have landed at the port of Pirate Lagoon Town. Well, great. I bet they have all of the crystal shards there. If we bring them all together, we can summon the Magic Dragon Genie. It's true. And then we can ask the Magic Dragon Genie about the location of the other 37 crystal shards of the other glass dragon. And when we bring those together... We'll be on our way to saving the first of the 12 princesses. Right you are, Squink. But don't forget about all those sailor opportunities. Right. Before we go... I have to charge up my power bar so I can use the magical sword of Wong. And the only way to do that is to take advantage of sailor opportunities. You're right, Puffu. Now let's go. I can see Pirate Lagoon Town straight up ahead. Look, a piratey citizen. Let's talk to him. Hi. Welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Oh, well maybe he can help us. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Um, doesn't look like it. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Hey, I didn't even press A. Let's go, Puffu. I see a whole bunch of other town citizens that we can walk around talking to to gather information about the whereabouts of all the crystal shards. That sounds like a great idea. Let's go. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. And welcome to my potion shop. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? Oh, Puffu, this is a perfect opportunity to buy some potions for our journey. I agree. My power bar is running kind of low. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? Yes, please. I'd like to buy that Life Up potion. That'll be 75 pirate pennies. Oh no, we don't have any pirate pennies. Shucks, looks like we gotta go look for some pirate pennies. Looks like... I figure we can just break some barrels or something. I mean, that always worked for us before. You're right, there's a barrel. I'll jump on it. (laughs) I'm a barrel! Squink, you're gonna have to fight it. Combat mode! Good thing I have my archer arrow. Barrels are immune to arrows. Everyone knows that! Run! You have been defeated by barrels! Oh no, our hit points are so low. Don't worry, I have an idea. Do you still have some cheesecake in your knapsack? Yeah, I think I do. 
Barrels love cheesecake. Would you like some cheesecake, Barrel? I would love some cheesecake. I knew you would. Here. Barrel, Barrel, Barrel. Barrel, Barrel. Where else, Queen? Barrel, Barrel. Looks like he's sleeping. Let's get out of here. But first, we'll take his pirate barrel, pennies. Barrel. Got him. Let's get out of here, Puffoo. Right. Hello, and welcome to my potion shop. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? We'd like to buy a green potion. That'll be 75 pirate pennies. Here you go. Great. Help me! Help me! Help me! It's an elderly man. And there's an exclamation point above his head. We should talk to him. I agree. I need some help. What can we do for you, Mr. Old Man? You kids gotta help me. It's the Pink Samurai Pirates. They've taken over my cheese factory. You'll find my cheese factory at the northeast edge of town. You've gotta fight those Pink Samurai and liberate it. If you help me out, I'll give you one crystal shard. Oh, right! Squink, those are the crystal shards we need, in case you didn't remember. I remember. We have to put them all together and eventually save all 12 princesses. Let's go now. Remember, pigs, samurai, cheese. What'd he say? I think he said... I said cheese! Look, there's the factory up that road. Ew, look, there's brown smoke coming out of the chimney stacks. And it smells like socks. The pig samurai pirates must have tainted all of the cheese. We gotta find the key to unlock those giant metal doors. I bet it's in a box somewhere inside a maze guarded by a dragon covered in straw set on fire and coated with kerosene and maybe in a box of jelly beans on top of a big old pile of bubble wrap. Oh, there it is. Was under this rock all along. Let's go. It's a pig samurai pirate. He said, What are you doing here, boy adventurer? He says, I've taken over this cheese factory in order to feed my men. He says, We must engage him in combat now. Combat mode. Archer, sword, magical crystal beam. We hit him once, just two more times! Kamehameha! I got him again, one more time! You have injured him severely! Miss! Huh? Turned into smoke! You have defeated Pig Samurai Master! Yeah! Look! There's a crystal shard shining above his head! You got Crystal Shard! Alright! Let's head back to town and save the game, Pafu! Good idea! I got some great sailor opportunities in this level! Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2! Sailor Opportunity! Ah, the sound of my childhood. 
bring us home, turned Abraham Lincoln. Yeah! Oh, I, I gotta make up a turn Abraham Lincoln voice. <laughs> I forgot what my uh, my response name was gonna be. Well, we came up with one. You'll have time to think about it yeah. during this musical break. I suppose I will. This is the KWR Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. And this is a musical break. I remembered my DJ name that I chose last week when you were stuck in New Jersey because of the Nor'easter. Okay. And uh, Rafa and Dana and I were here together in the studio, and we spent the entire two hours of uh, of some combined shows trying to come up with a proper DJ name for me. Uh, and I think we decided on DJ Vocabulaire. Uh, yes, I was listening to that part. Yes. Here's the thing. Yes. 
Yes, I, DJ turned to Abraham Lincoln. These are only going to be our DJ names when – I love how it's taken us four years to come up with these. Everyone else that joins K-Word <laughs> immediately, get a show, got a name. Get a show, got a name. We, stupidly, we used our real names throughout the entire thing. No, that's not stupid. That's classy. Yes, classy, classy, stupid. Stupid classy. Like stupid fat. Stupid fresh. Stupid fresh. You're right. Stupid hot. I'm just saying that if if they wanted to, people could, using my full name, track me down and kill both of us. Yay! So, yeah, vocabulary. So that's your DJ name. So, so my address is... Okay, yes. No. So Zay Frank had on one of his shows... You mean famous vlogger and lecturer Zay Frank? I do! He's an internet celebrity! Found at zefrank.com. Again, that's zefrank.com. Go there and be entertained. So Zay Frank, in one of the episodes of his... The uh, show. Of his The Show... Had an episode had an episode called Mega Galtastic, and it was called Mega Galtastic because his friend Gal came up with a word. Um, came up with the word Mega Galtastic, which is to fill a gap in the English language. Uh, apparently, although there are a lot of words in the English language that describe using a large vocabulary, loquacious, garrulous voluble. There's no adjective that means you possess a large vocabulary. What about sesquipedalian? Um, perhaps. Does that mean possessing a large vocabulary? It means prone to using... Well, it means foot and a half long um, pertaining to... Okay, that doesn't someone... sound like a word that you would use a lot. Foot and a half long. No, I mean talking about like, the, the late William F. Bunkley was prone to using sesquipedalian words. He had a sesquipedalian vocabulary. His words were a foot and a half long. Fine. That's like two-cent words or one-dollar words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the words that Zay put forward for uh, for an adjective meaning you possess a large vocabulary was vocabulaire. <sighs> and Zay turns to the camera and he says in his sexy voice, he's quite vocabulaire but then he goes on to explain that in fact the word that his friend gal coined for that is mega galtastic <sighs> and that's the story i like vocabulaire it makes you sound like a um a lingu- uh, a linguistic philosopher thank you like vo- like voltaire and Vol- vocabulary voltabulaire c'est moi voltabulaire sounds like you're voltaire and you count things that's what that sounds like. Yes. Is it time to go? Not yet. Is it time to play the music? Not yet. Are you sure? Yes, we have six minutes. By my watch. Now, they're stuck with us for a while yet, Dave. <laughs> Which is fine, because it leads me to our next point about health care for fish. Because the you... No, no. Do not laugh at what this. Possible, this is important. What possible additional point could you have to make about health care for fish? Okay, so there was a UN um, conference last week uh, to determine the fate of the uh, the bluefin tuna, right? Um, which is in danger... Which is... Uh, which is deliciously endangered. Which is deliciously overfished, and its stocks are in danger of complete collapse. Uh, so watch out for that. And and because of an organized cabal uh, of of a bunch of developing nations in uh, Japan and Canada, they claimed that it would drastically affect their fishing economies. Um, and 
And so so the UN – this commission decided not to label the bluefin tuna an endangered species. It decided not to give it any sort of um, UN protection. So, you know, goodbye tuna sandwiches forever. Uh, yay. No, not yay. That's depressing. Alton Brown says we should eat sardines. Okay. And trout. Okay. You don't even like fish. Not especially, no. Is there a fish that you – do you like tilapia? Uh, I mean, uh, okay. There's... Full disclosure, Dave and I live together, and in the in the almost four years that we have lived together, I've never actually cooked fish in the house. So. No, you haven't. You could if you wanted to. Well, I, I don't want to spend money on something you're not going to enjoy. There, there are a number of fish that Our relationship I is very spousal. I, I will uh, – I'll eat tilapia. I'll eat salmon. What did I make flounder, for you last night, Dave? Tuna. What did we have for dinner last night? Um, good question. Damn it. He got me. It was it was cocovan. Cocovan and mashed and parsnips, potatoes, kind of and carrots. Mashed thing. Yes. Uh, and a it mixed, was good. And a mixed green salad with toasted walnuts and blue cheese and a homemade vinaigrette. Ladies, call me. Uh, the number is three one four. I walked into the apartment. And there nine, he three, was. Five. Five nine eight seven. Lying languidly on the couch, wearing nothing but <laughs> naked mixed <safe>. greens. <laughs> I was going to say naked. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you come home to that, you know your life is fulfilled in the utmost. We we lead a pretty a pretty full life. Yeah, well, you can make fish sometime. Okay, I'll make fish sometime. Let's, let's get fish next time. What kind of fish did you like to say? Um, tilapia. I, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll eat tilapia. I'll eat I'll eat salmon. I'll get it if it's on sale. We should look into it. <laughs> I like how we're just having discussions about what we're going to buy at the grocery store now on the radio. All right, fine. Play the music. I think it is time to play the music. I think once once we get to the point where um, where we are having discussions about Look, our, our okay, grocery list our discussions on the radio. are effing riveting, okay? Well, I, I, I find them riveting. I think But they're... only because you riveted me to this chair and you will not let me leave. Yeah, because you didn't want to talk about tilapia, so I had to take the rivet gun and staple your behind okay, well, to that chair. Can you can you take me to a hospital when we're done? Only after you read the credits. Go, Frawl. Alright, here's some credits. Oh, I guess I should say the initial bit. Uh, KWUR. Give the real credits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, the, the initial credits. The KWUR yes. Theater of the Air has been deemed and passed by David Brunel Brutman and David Reinstrom and is a co-production of the KWUR Theater of the Air, the KWUR Funkestra of the Air, and the Sky Orchestra, LLC. Void were prohibited. Offer not available in Missouri or Idaho. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Catering services for the KWUR Theater of the Air were provided by Mrs. Paul. Our musical director this week was Sebastian the Crab, and our choreographer was, of course, Squidward. It's SpongeBob! That's okay. That's not bad. I'll get better at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good uh, week, everybody. That's it. That's we're, it. We're done. We're done that's with the end. This crazy fish show. Oh, I miss Alex because I just thought of something. I miss Alex too. We, I just thought of that that song. We love her dealing. Uh, Twenty thousand leagues out of the sea. What song? Turn the music down. Sing it for it. No. Turn the music down, please. Gotta turn you down.